Welcome to Building Charleston, a podcast where we shine a bright light on the dynamic companies changing the landscape of Charleston, South Carolina. My name is Matt Chapdelaine, and as your host each week, I'll be bringing you the most interesting business owners in the Lowcountry. We'll explore how they got to where they are, what they're working on, and what their vision is for the future of Charleston. Thank you for being here. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. This episode of Building Charleston is brought to you by Lane Commercial Real Estate, the Low Country's premier commercial real estate brokerage firm focused on Charleston's office, retail, and industrial tenants. If you're responsible for your company's real estate needs and your company is expanding, looking to open a new location, or opening the first location in the Charleston area, give Lane Commercial Real Estate a call at 843-508-3038 or go to the website at www.lanecre.com. That's L-A-I-N-E-C-R-E.com. And welcome to the Building Charleston podcast, the podcast where we take a moment each week to meet the people who are changing the landscape of Charleston, South Carolina. My name is Matt Chapdelaine. I am the host of Building Charleston and the broker in charge at Lane Commercial Real Estate, the Low Country's premier commercial real estate company. We're hosting today at the studios of Building Charleston and the offices of Lane Commercial Real Estate. Just a reminder of how you can listen. You can listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, the list goes on. You can also watch us on YouTube and Instagram. Two personal things before we get started with today's interview. I just want to update the listeners on two things that really were exciting and happened last week. First off, Building Charleston was named as one of the best local podcasts in Charleston by the Charleston City Paper. What does that mean? That means we're one of the top five, which is great, but it means that we also have some stiff competition that we're fighting out. So if you're listening to this podcast, and if you go to bestofcharleston.net, go to the Culture, Arts, and Media section and click on Best Local Podcast. And I would really appreciate your support if you clicked on the Building Charleston podcast. Congratulations to all the other members and podcasts who made it this far and all the other Best of Charleston companies that have made it this far with the Best of Charleston City Paper competition. So the other really interesting thing is my wife and my family were featured in the Carolina Park West magazine. It's a subscription or a publication that goes out to a few thousand people here in the low country. If you want to know what my beautiful wife, my beautiful kids, and their slightly above average husband and father do on the weekends, you can pick up a copy, see what we do. We go on a lot of walks. We do a lot of typical family stuff, go to the beach, that kind of thing. But obviously, there's more in the article. If you're interested in picking it up, I encourage you to do that. So without further ado, let's get on to today's podcast. I think it's fair to call Charleston a hustler city. You know, 50, 60 people a day by some accounts move to the Charleston area. Very few of us come down here with a what you would call a corporate job. All of us are kind of forced to find our way, whether that's telecommuting, whether that's starting their own business. It creates an environment where a lot of dealmakers are here, a lot of transactions are going on, and it makes for an exciting place. Today's guest is the founder and managing partner at Material Capital Partners. It's an investment company based here in Charleston, and he's one of the founders of the Charleston Deal Alliance. It's a brand new group that's dedicated to connecting deal professionals in the city of Charleston and the Charleston area. Today's guest is Alex Chalmers. Alex, welcome to the Building Charleston podcast. Great to be here, Matt. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. You know, Alex, we have met a few times. We've spoken a few times. We're working on deals together. But true to our, I think, both of our natures, once we met each other, we just kind of dove right in and 
started talking about deals before we, you know, even learned a little bit more about each other's background. So I'm kind of as curious as anybody else, if you wouldn't mind, take a minute or two and just tell everyone a little bit about yourself and, and your background. Sure. It's great to be here. Moved with my wife and our family about four years ago to Charleston. I was born originally in Atlanta. My parents and my father was in the Air Force. We moved around about 10 or 12 cities. So we were stationed here in Mount Pleasant for a couple of years. And so had, what was that time frame? That was in the, the 70s. Okay. And so we had, for the rest of my days, I'd always heard from my parents that if they had to do it all over again. They would have lived and stayed in Charleston. So they had a great experience here. Ultimately, when they got out of the Air Force, we settled in Silicon Valley. So from about seventh grade on, grew up there. I went to school undergrad out there and then was a software engineer at Oracle coming out of undergrad for a number of years out there. Then was a tech investment banker, moved in Palo Alto after business school and spent a number of years out in uh, Silicon Valley, basically doing sell-side M&A work. So working with the bigger venture capital funds and their portfolio companies, selling them to publicly traded companies like Microsoft and Google and others. And then I started my own company as an entrepreneur, and it was called Bright Light Systems. And so that allowed me to kind of find my way back out east. Bright Light Systems was a industrial lighting and software company that started out in California and then moved it to Atlanta. We grew that to, and then ultimately sold it. And that's what led me out to Charleston here. So it's great to be here. Moved down here from New York City, where I had met my wife and we had two small children and then moved down here about four years ago, had a third child and settled in Mount Pleasant. Okay. So you're on the tech venture side and then you went to start your own business. A lot of people when they're starting their own business say, boy, I want to be the guy on the other side of the table writing checks. Boy, that looks a lot easier. What was kind of the impetus going from, it sounds like a lot of VC work, you know, kind of the the writing of the checks to, hey, I'm going to go on the other side and start my own company. What was the impetus for that? The interesting journey that I had with Bright Light is that we started it out in California. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess growing up in Silicon Valley, you have this desire to be an entrepreneur. The interesting thing about growing up there and working there, you know, in some of the bigger companies and then doing some personal investing and then having a couple different starts and stops is that you realize failure is not a a negative thing. You just learn Mm -hmm. from that and then apply it going forward. And one of the things that I saw as an investment banker is that the most successful people were the ones that really found a niche or some unfulfilled gap and found a solution, created a solution to fill it. So that was what Bright Light was about. There was a couple different companies, two big publicly traded companies that were really being somewhat lazy about Mm -hmm. their products and product development. So we found a way, I patented a way to create a solution that was differentiated. And so we kind of sat between the middle of these two companies, two competitors, and were basically just better, faster, not stronger, but more nimble, created a better solution. One of the things though, that when we were going for funding, So I had funded it myself and we had had uh, a number of different customers and we were getting a lot of really good traction, winning these deals. And so we needed to go for growth funding. And so we needed about three to a half, four million dollars and looked all over the landscape in the Southeast. At that time, I'd moved the company to Atlanta, which is where most of the two competitors were just thinking I could kind of pick off some of the employees there and those types of things, Mm -hmm. which was going well. And we needed funding. We needed three and a half, four million dollars. And what we found in the Southeast was that a lot of these companies would give us, you know, 500,000, maybe a million, or the larger companies that were doing 10 million and 15 million wouldn't get out of bed for less than that. So you're in that messy middle spot. Yeah. And so there was this gap. And so we found a company, uh, we ended up winning 
kind of the best technology company in Georgia and kind of a number of other awards. So finally, this venture firm came down and invested into us. And that worked out really well. We grew the company to over 19 countries, ended up selling it off to a, a buyout fund out of Boston. Congrats. But what that showed me, the first was that there was this big gap for, for companies like us. As an entrepreneur, as a management team, we didn't need uh, a huge amount of money for that first growth round. And so within the Southeast, we saw this underserved gap. So that's why we created this fund that based out of Charleston, that's really focused on investing three to $10 million for companies that are seeking their first growth round of funding. Now, this is companies that are generally doing three to four, five million in revenue. They are already off the ground. They've got that product market fit, but they really want additional capital. They don't need 10 million. They're not going to give up, you know, 60, 70% of their company, like a lot of the VCs are asking for if they go to maybe the tech hubs. They can stay in the Southeast and take a growth round of capital from us. And mm-hmm. not only will we give them that money, but we can help them grow. We have operating partners that can step in and say, we've done this type of product before and company. We know how to scale you mm-hmm. from, say, 5 million revenue to 15 to 20 million revenue. And then if you're at that point ready to go do a much bigger round, maybe you want one of the big VCs out in Silicon Valley. Maybe you want somebody out of Boston, New York. We have all those relationships. We can walk you into those. But the idea is to keep the entrepreneurs and keep the management teams here in the Southeast, certainly in Charleston and in South Carolina, work with them to grow their businesses, bring in not only money, but mm-hmm. recruiting, recruiting great people from around the country for their companies. And then once they're ready to do that big round, we can certainly go take them or just continue the company and make it profitable and allow them to continue. Okay. So you sell bright lights. It sounds like you must have had a you know, discussion with your wife at some point. Hey, listen, we got to get out of you know, New York or Silicon Valley. And you said, hey, we're going to make the conscious decision to move to Charleston and start what is now Material Capital Partners. Is that kind of the arc of the story, how it went? Or was Yeah, it that, that was. I think we were up in New York. We wanted to go to a city that was rising and growing. I had been coming to Charleston my whole life because our family had had a beach house up in Polly's Island for generations and generations, mm-hmm. just being originally from Atlanta. So I'd been coming down here every summer, and I knew that this was a great place to have our family and kind of have that next chapter. But what was more interesting, because there's a lot of great cities around the Southeast like that, I wanted proximity to New York. I wanted proximity to other big hubs, but I also wanted a secondary city where it was on the beginning of the curve. And that's mm-hmm. what we saw in Charleston. Having grown up really in Silicon Valley and seeing that rise, seeing the rise of Boulder and Austin and Portland and all these other kind of larger cities kind of throughout the 90s, because I was traveling there both as a software guy as well as a banker. And then as an entrepreneur, I wanted to go somewhere which was ahead of the curve. Mm -hmm. Nobody likes going to a city where they say, God, I mean, yes, it's so great, but guess what? You should have been here 10 years ago. That's when it was really amazing. Really feel like Charleston is that. That's why it's so great to be here. We're on the front end of the curve. And what's more important about that is that the entire community, the tech community, as well as the business community is very inclusive. Everybody's here to help each other. Mm -hmm. There is a really good sense of collegiality. If anything, I think that the things that we're doing at Material Capital Partners, as well as with the Charleston Deal Alliance, is we're trying to help organize not only the capital, but also the deal flow and the entrepreneurs and also the established companies, the management teams and the executives around those to to really help the community as a whole. So when it comes to material capital partners, what was it like setting up your company and your team? Because you know, I've met most of the people now, I think, over at Material Capital Partners. You've got some strong people that you're with. 
what was it like putting together a team in a secondary tertiary market at the time? I think the, the, the good news about Charleston is people want to live here. Mm-hmm. The difficult thing, whether it's tech or on the institutional side, which is what we are, is if the job doesn't work out, where do you go? And if you are a senior VP of sales and you're used to running 300-person companies and you get a job at one of the big ones here and it doesn't work out, well, then where do you go? There's not a lot of those yet. If you are an institutional real estate or institutional person, where do you go from that? Now, a lot of people live here. They live in Charleston, Mount Pleasant, Sullivan's. They take that 6 a.m. plane mm-hmm. up to LaGuardia, the Delta shuttle, they call it the school bus, and they <laughs> you know, slay the dragons in New York or D.C. or Boston or Chicago, and then they come back down on Thursdays. And that's because all the jobs are up there. So the vision for Material Capital Partners when I started it was to create a real institutional platform. And we have three different verticals. One is a real estate vertical where we do deal-by-deal projects Mm -hmm. around the secondary cities within the Southeast. The second is this growth equity vertical, which we have this fund that we invest out of. And then the third is a private credit platform that we also run out of here. We have a small office in San Francisco to keep all the relationships and the tech DNA of the firm Mm -hmm. together. And we run a couple different technology strategies out of that, including a secondaries platform. The idea, though, to bringing people down, and we just hired a great person out of New York, a woman that uh, will be coming down in April. It's very attractive, but you need to be able to provide the platform the process, the people, it has to be institutional, it has to be what people look for and run the right way as well, mm-hmm. because it's not a two and a half day a week, uh, which is, I think, when you talk to people outside of Charleston, they yeah. have this idea that all of us just go play golf and fish, you know, yeah. half the week, which is completely not the case. All of us, whether you grew up here or you came here like me, you're used to grinding, uh, well, grinding, building things, building things from the ground floor. Mm-hmm networking with your fellow executives and entrepreneurs, recruiting really great people to come in, and then showing them that not only is there a great quality of life here, but there's a high, high quality of business and professionalism that a lot of the community adheres to. So can you tell us about a deal or transaction you're working on down here that kind of mixes some of the, you know, the real estate and the technology and the idea that Charleston's an up-and-coming area and you're getting ahead of the curve? Sure. One of the projects we first got involved with was the Charleston Technology Center, which is under construction and scheduled to open at the end of 2020. That's in the uh, Upper Morrison area, the neck as they call it. And that will be a center point for the tech industry, a focal point to house many, many of the companies here, but also to have great venue for different things like speakers, podcasts, and other things. So we're excited about that. When's the completion date? We're scheduled at the very end of this year. The leasing has been very, very strong. We've had just exceptional response to that, not only with local companies that are seeking to be in a place where everyone else is going to be, but also for regional and national companies that are looking to create a presence. In Charleston, the business environment is fantastic. We've got great uh, worker availability, very skilled people. And so I think that it's been very attractive to them. So on the real estate side, we're doing that. We're doing some interesting things up in Greenville. The second thing on the tech side, we're investing into companies. And of course, we certainly root for the home team. We look for companies within Charleston, within South Carolina. I say it's like college football recruiting. You have to own your home state. (laughs) And so we love to work with early stage and identify early stage companies that 
we can also fund and bring them along to that growth stage and then help them really scale their plans. We're also in the process of launching a accelerator for what they call prop tech or commercial real estate tech. Mm -hmm. And we're doing this in conjunction with a group called Next Cubed, which is a accelerator platform out of San Francisco that I've been associated with for a long time. We are doing a phase one out in Orange County with a big company called the Irvine Company. Sure. And uh, we're now bringing that as a phase two into Charleston, and we'll be rolling out details of that soon. So we're excited for that, really to create a center of excellence for Charleston and the prop tech market. And that is a feeder system for our larger growth fund for material capital partners. We're very excited for that. Very cool. With all these transactions going on in your world and really over in the low country here, you became a part of or a, a, what sounds like a founding member of the Charleston Deal Alliance, correct? Correct. We just had our first launch event last week. There was a number of different companies that got together, really spearheaded by Andy Bressman of Charlestown Holdings, who really led the vision for this. And so he got a number of us together. We've created a formal organization set up as mm-hmm. a nonprofit. The idea is to be for the Charleston and greater Charleston community. This is not just tech. It is for all entrepreneurs and large companies, small companies to bring deal people together, not just about networking. We want to create success stories. We want to show the processes and the path for entrepreneurs, for large companies. If you are a big company wanting to come into to Charleston, there's a lot of amazing resources, the CRDA. SCRA, others like that. But if you're an entrepreneur and you want to know where are the capital sources, if you are a company that says, well, I need a specific law firm or accounting firm, or how do I go do that? We have all of those groups that are a part of the Deal Alliance. So it's not just a networking event, come and have drinks. It's here's education about what happens because it's important to talk with people who have been there in that seat before and understanding How do you sell a company? How do you finance a company? What do you do if you need a big HR system? What are the best ways to reach out? One of the great stories that came out of the event last week was a a 19-year-old man that had asked for mentorship for his retail business. And he had just gotten off the ground, had significant traction both on the online and offline sales. Mm -hmm. But he was saying, I need to know about accounting. Who can help me understand how do I build my business? Separately, there was a guy that has a piece of land out in California set up for medicinal marijuana. Medicinal marijuana. We have those resources. I mean, the the Deal Alliance creates that. There's others that are selling their companies in South Africa or something like that. And so what law firms here locally have that expertise that can go do that? Whether it's large or small, we want to create that organization and that website and those events that provide education with a specific theme and then also provide not only just the interaction of, hey, maybe I met this person over drinks, but you know, a formalized place that people can come and really help their businesses mm-hmm. grow. I'm going to wrap a couple of questions into one. You're doing a lot of transactions. You've got your pulse on the heartbeat of the deal-making kind of world down here to kind of wrap up again, a couple of questions into one. If I asked you, you know, in five years from now, what does material capital partners look like? And what does the Charleston deal alliance look like in a perfect world? And you said, Hey, I'm going to be happy. What's that look like? For material capital partners, we will ideally be operating out of our series two or three third vintage funds. We'll have a very strong 
reputation here of institutional quality and excellence. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be attracting really, really great people that want to to come work for us, whether that's interns coming from a College of Charleston, Clemson, et cetera, be able to provide funding for companies really from inception all the way through exit. And ultimately being a very, very quality shop that is well-respected amongst the institutional community. I would say on the Charleston Deal Alliance, we want to have success stories that are documented, not just on a quantitative level, but on a qualitative level. We want it to be the place for folks to join and be a part of, not only because they want to have and see their logo up there, but more importantly, because they get real value from that. The network they receive and the real value and education and knowledge that the other members can provide to them, but also in a, in a good way. So success stories from Charleston, entrepreneurs who have built, sold their companies, then take that capital, reinvest it back into the community, seeding, ecosystem. seeding other entrepreneurs who then go and continue up and, and build that out. And if you look at that five years, 10 years from now, that'll really start seeding a lot of the growth here. Excellent. One fun question here before we really wrap it up. What does Alex Chalmers do for fun in Charleston? Well, I have three small kids and my beautiful wife, Anna, my children, Raya, Darby, and and Walker. So I keep busy with that. I do play the guitar and so have been teaching them and everybody's been singing and and those types of things. Hopefully we have a start of a band, a family band going on in the next uh, number of years, but we're just getting into soccer. Love to do things like jogging, participate in some of the races here. And also going to start coaching soccer and then those types of things, you know, kind of typical. Very low country life. Typical dad stuff. But we feel very blessed to be here. We want to contribute our part to the Mm -hmm. community, to the schools, to the personal and professional community. We're just really thrilled to to be in a situation in a place like this with a lot of other like-minded people. The final question before we take it home here. What is your vision for Charleston? As you look forward, what do you want Charleston to be? My vision is really about quality, not quantity. We want there to be high quality businesses here. There's obviously on the real estate side, we want to keep the middle class. We want to have affordable housing that is for the teachers, for the first responders, for the workers of all stripes, and want to make sure that those people have opportunities just the same. On the tech side, would love to have a number of different companies that are in the two to 300 person employees, really providing great jobs, and then having that really flow throughout the city and having the city grow, but on a quality level, not a quantity. I don't think anybody wants to be Atlanta. Nobody wants to be Austin or any of those big cities where they have all those big infrastructure problems. And I think having diligent solutions to that, you know, working with the city governments who are, I think everybody is very aligned with that, but also keeping the high quality of life is really important to to all of us in the business community. Very good. Alex has been very good. Thank you for joining us here. This is typically where I offer my Building Charleston pro tip. Today, it's going to be a slightly bit of a curveball as the host of the show. I take some liberties sometimes. So today it's going to be a pro challenge or maybe a pro statement would be the term. The pro statement that I came up with as I was thinking about this interview was that Charleston can do it. What Alex has a vision here is for making Charleston a better place when it comes to deal making, transactions. He's got a great vision here. And I truly believe in everything you're saying. I think it's not only can happen, but it's going to happen. So to the people that I saw, everyone in the deal alliance room, you know, last week, 
you could tell there were some incredibly talented people in that room, but they were all kind of fighting for that same, you know, that same future. So my statement, my building Charleston pro statement this week is that Charleston can do it. I think all of this is going to be realized in the near future. Yeah. Charleston rising. Charleston rising. Here Hashtag Charleston rising. Also, at this point, I typically give you a bag of popped popcorn, but I will confess as we're recording this on a Monday as opposed to a Friday, I ate your gift this weekend. They're not just a supporter of the show. They're a supporter of my stomach, especially when I'm hungry. And I did eat your popcorn this weekend. So I, I make you the commitment that I will get you a bag of this popcorn. The popcorn is available. If you're hungry in the meantime, you can get it at Coastal Cupboard, House of Brews, Two Blokes, Indigo Reef, The Brick, Mellow and Play Cafe, Oak Road Brewing, House of Brews. And I think that is it right now, unless Carmen has won a couple of other accounts. It's pop popcorn. Stuff is amazing. I see frequently enough. I'm sure it'll be in my house very I'll, quickly. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll drop it off your office as, uh, when I come to pick up uh, one of our deal checks. <laughs> so with that, if you are one of the companies that are out there who are listening to this in Charleston, or maybe you're listening to this outside of Charleston, if real estate is a challenge for your business at this point, and you want someone who understands how real estate works here in the low country, I'd ask that you give me a call. Uh, my contact information will be in the show notes of this podcast. I'd be happy to show you around Charleston and show you how to open up your business as it applies to your real estate needs here in Charleston. So with that, I want to thank Alex one more time. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Thanks to the listeners. Thanks to all those who make the Charleston podcast work every single week. With that, go out there, everybody, and make it a great day. This episode of Building Charleston is brought to you by Lane Commercial Real Estate, the Low Country's premier commercial real estate brokerage firm focused exclusively on representing Charleston's office, retail, and industrial tenants. If you're responsible for your company's real estate needs and your company is expanding, downsizing, looking to open a new location, or opening the first office in the Charleston area, Give us a call at 843-508-3038 or go to our website at www.lanecre.com. That's L-A-I-N-E-C-R-E.com.